Dude, Jonesy, brah. Mersh, what's the haps, man? Oh, you know, just chilling. I just got back from doing some major thrashing, and I heard uh, that there's an awesome new movie coming out this weekend, and we should totally go check it out. Oh, dude, Jurassic Park, yeah, I'm in. Nah, dude, no one wants to see a bunch of stupid fake dinosaurs. There's a movie coming out, and it's all about, like, mountain climbing. You know that extreme sport that we do in the wintertime? Whoa. Bruh, like real mountain climbing? Yeah, no, for sure. You know they're not going to use any, like, matte paintings or green screen or anything like that, like stupid Jurassic Park will, because you can't fake mountain climbing, brah. All right, well, I mean, who's in it? Well, dude, Rocky's in it. Whoa, is Rambo in it, too? Absolutely, you know he is. Uh, also, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, is in it. That's a masterfully crafted film, brah. Not to mention, Mr. Walton is also, like, an aged uh, peer. You know, he's like a guy who he, he mentors them, but he's also kind of a crazy artist. So it's everything. It's our childhood and our current being. Sounds like the total package. It absolutely is. And that's why, because it's got Mr. Walton, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, Rambo, and Rocky, and totally not faked green screen mountain climbing, that's how you know it's going to be way better than Jurassic Park. You know when I pick a movie, that's when I'm on to Welcome, bro. Oh, sorry, I was still in character. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Whoa, man. It takes a while sometimes. You got to snap out of it, right? Boy, howdy, were those guys wrong. Oh, my goodness. This was not uh, quite to the level of Jurassic Park. No. I'm Brendan. And I'm Nathan. And this is What Were They Thinking? It is a podcast about bad to questionable movies. And uh, we certainly have one of those for you this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get into it, Nathan, we we did an extreme, extreme movie, you might yes. say. Mm-hmm. And we have to get our expert on the panel. Absolutely. So we have resident extreme sports expert and the Covenant aficionado, Jerrica, is here. Hi, guys. And that is another Rennie Harlan film, by the way. It oh my is. God, it is. So some might say it's the best Rennie Harlan film. I don't I think you're one of the few. But I, I want you to keep fighting the battle though. I suppose that would count as some because re- regardless of how many it is, is as long as it's more than one, it's some. <laughs> oh my <laughs> lord. I'm not here for a covenant hate cast, okay? <laughs> I didn't say anything hateful you- about it. I'm just doing a math. You've been tricked. This is actually a Rennie Harlan hate fest. Oh, I will be taking my leave of you then. (laughs) He's only got a few misses that I'm just like, no thanks. Mm -hmm. I mean, he directed Die Hard 2 right before this, so... No thanks. Nathan's not a Die Hard 2 fan. All right, I heard it here first, all right. But uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, watched that all week. I've never seen it. Ooh. Yes, so Reginald Harlan... 
is who we're talking about this uh, this week. And it's the second time we've talked about Sylvester Stallone. I guess the first time, if you're not a patron. Is that your, did your Patreon sing-song voice? Patreon. Okay. <laughs> uh, because we did Rocky Five as a Patreon-exclusive episode. Mm-hmm. So this is the second Stallone cliffhanger, 1993. Nathan, Jerrica, this was a huge hit. I know. Uh, did, yeah. Do you have a problem pronouncing S letters, Brendan? <laughs> uh, the S was in parentheses, so I didn't pronounce it. Oh, okay. The the budget for this thing seventy million dollars, which nineteen ninety three money. That's a, a, a lot. Yeah. And I I don't know that we see it on screen. <laughs> I think we see maybe thirty of it. Well. You have to I pay put some cash into making the fake cash that they burn, so. <laughs> well, that's true. But, I mean, okay, think of it this way. That's bigger than the budget for Jurassic Park. Okay, that's, uh, wait, are you sure? Yes. That's what was Jurassic Park's budget? 63. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Same year. This yeah. Is, that's boggling my mind right now oh you know what it you is guys every dollar in jurassic park. i figured it out i figured it out legit <laughs> stallone's in this movie in jurassic park there's not really like a 20 million dollar movie star like jeff goldblum was big but i don't think he made as much as stallone made from cliffhanger are you discounting the box office draw that is sam neill well i'm gonna go ahead and say that his name on a poster doesn't usually draw people automatically I think Cliffhanger you would see because you're a Stallone fan, whereas Jurassic Park you would see because it looks like a good movie. Yeah, I don't think you're going to like, oh, the new Sam Neill movie's out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I remember him in Nell. Wait, is he in Nell? I think he's in Nell. He was in A Cry in the Dark. I remember that. There we go. Yes, and that too, John Carpenter. Again, John Carpenter, the selling point of that movie, not Sam Neill. (laughs) So, so I guess before we get rolling into this, I yeah. have uh, an anecdote or a story to relay. When this movie came out, uh, as we mentioned, Jurassic Park was out as well. And the local cinema, the Parkway Cinema, because this was before the Megaplex era, had, two, <laughs> had two screens. One was showing Jurassic Park. The other was showing Cliffhanger. Uh, my dad and myself and my brother all wanted to go see Jurassic Park because everybody was blowing up about it. We got there and it was sold out. My dad, who didn't want to waste the trip to town, said, well, let's go see the Sylvester Stallone movie because, you know, you guys like Sylvester Stallone. My brother and I both did. So we were like, yeah, hopefully it'll be, you know, as good or better than Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and Jurassic Park is tied for my favorite movie of all time. So <laughs> it's almost it, like, yeah, Jurassic Park is nearly a perfect movie. Yeah. Maybe is a perfect movie. Yes. But let's Are you saying it... that Cliffhanger is not? Uh, well, let's, let's, let's figure that out. <laughs> I'll say this it, it, it's not better than Jurassic Park, but my brother and I at the time found it endlessly entertaining yep for all the right and wrong reasons yep (laughs) so 
Cliffhanger, 1993, and as the movie opens, we get Sylvester Stallone climbing a mountain. Um, and I wrote, this is kind of like the anti-Mission Impossible 2, where you can tell Tom Cruise is doing all these stunts because Stallone is not doing his own stunts. <laughs> and the, the thing is, uh, it was done by uh, Carol Co. Pictures, mm-hmm. the, the same folks who did The Crow. And I find it odd that that was the movie that somebody died while making for their cheap studio as opposed to this one where people were up on mountains. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you don't remember the scene in The Crow where Brandon Lee was climbing the mountain? It's not the, the climbing. It's just, I, I find it so weird that you know it was lax safety standards on that movie versus mm. this movie. Well, I'm going to go ahead and guess that a lot of this is green screen. Is that controversial to say? I, I, I don't believe a word you're saying, Brandon. <laughs> but we get we get the opening credits as this is going on. A couple things I want to point out right from the get-go. Uh, the credit for the actor, uh, Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought at first, I was confused. I was like, oh, is that the name of the movie? Did I just accidentally watch <laughs> Leon the Professional? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, I do not see 14-year-old Natalie Portman trying to fuck Jean Reno anywhere in this movie yet. So I don't think I'm watching that right now. <laughs> but it comes up like it's the title of the movie <laughs> after a few of the actors' names. Um, and and the other credit that I really liked was based on a premise by... Right? Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that myself. That stuck out in a big way. How about a guy climbs cliffs and there's terrorists? Thanks, Jerry. We'll give you a credit. I'm Osimo four thousand. <laughs> well, I but like I think that that was a big deal because I think that this movie had to go to arbitration for the screenwriting credits. Oh, oh really? I did yeah, not know that. I tried to find it because it says based on a premise by the guy, and I wanted to find out who that person was. And he is a cliff, like he's a rock climber. Mm-hmm. And this movie, yeah, ended up going to arbitration with, like, the Writers Guild because they were trying to figure out who actually should be credited on writing this film. So I'm guessing he, like, bumped elbows with Stallone, mentioned it, and then they made this movie. (laughs) I mean, yeah, probably. I know that Stallone was also trying to fight for credit because if you notice, he is credited as as writing this film. Yes. And if you know Stallone's history of screenwriting... After he wrote Cobra, he tried to take the author's name off the book and replace it with his own name. Yes. Right? Yep. So, so he's a crazy person. <laughs> uh, the music at the beginning is so gloriously over the top. The score is great. And we uh, soon find out that Stallone is going up the mountain to help his friend Hal, played by Michael Rooker. So, of course, this is a prequel to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Fight Me. Actually, well, I will, because I want to say that this is a prequel to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I think he's all three of those characters. Okay. When does he, <laughs> like, dip himself in blue paint? Uh, after he's Henry. Okay. Well, that makes sense, because that's in the future, right? Yeah, he goes crazy, dips himself in blue paint, and then he sees Stallone, and things get awkward in Guardians. Okay. So... Uh, Michael, I almost said Henry Rooker, Michael Rooker and his girlfriend, Sarah, they're up on the cliff. I guess they're stuck there and uh, Gabe or Gabe Stallone, whatever is going up to, uh, to help them get off the mountain. Uh, we get a lot of fun banter here. This little, uh, 
climbing is better than sex or he told no, me no, it's, it's better not. than sex he, he lied to her <laughs> never enjoyed climbing that much <laughs> I was gonna say but um, this is a scene now my knowledge of cliffhanger okay I, I'd obviously heard of the movie knew it existed um, played the horrible video game but <laughs> my only other knowledge of cliffhanger was that scene in Ace Ventura when he's oh. Going across the rope and he drops You're not the little panda die. there. Yeah. And I often wondered, I wonder if that's a parody of something. Yeah. And lo and behold, it's this movie. <laughs> I had also went into this knowing nothing about the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I had seen probably a shot from the opening. Like, I had a concept of. Basically, I knew they would be hanging off of cliffs and I didn't know anything else. <laughs> and so when this opening started, I actually really love the opening. Yeah. And I honestly was sitting here like, okay, if this is the movie, this might be a good movie. <laughs> like, I actually enjoyed the opening quite so a bit. I'm the, I'm the only one who's seen this previously then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I thought the opening is tense. It's a little ridiculous. There's like... When she's, uh, so basically they're going across the rope. Michael Rooker makes it across. The girl gets about halfway and she starts slipping. Uh, she's her, her, like basically hanging by a belt buckle. And Stallone has to go out and try to, try to, uh, bring her up. She can't, like, you could tell that she's not even within arm's reach of him. But then when she completely falls, they do that thing where she's like, oh, last minute, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, she falls to her death. Not and, before, not before, not before her random teddy bear fell to his staff. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Little poochie. It was a St. Bernard, wasn't it? Was it? I thought so. It was like a, yeah, it was like a stuffed dog, I think. Either way, <laughs> I feel that there was, she didn't need to die. I mean, there were several times when she, all she had to do was move her other hand up closer to Stallone and she could have grabbed the wire that they were dangling off of. Yep. But when she falls, we follow her for a long time down. <laughs> and I, th- I, for a while, I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to see her go splat? <laughs> we could have used some uh, Joe's apartment cartoon physics. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where the rest of her body goes down first and then her head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boing. And she, you, she has like a sign that says mother oh. or something. <laughs> Help me. Yeah. End the cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, as someone who, like, is, I have a big fear of heights, like, watching her fall was kind of, like, a terrifying experience. Yeah, this whole scene, I was actually pretty anxious watching. Yeah. Much like you, Jerrica, I watched this and I was like, oh, this could be pretty decent. And then, like, the rest of the movie takes place, guys. I, and then I lost the plot immediately. As so, soon as the scene is over, I was confused. Okay, so given the opening, what were you guys hoping or expecting from the movie? I don't know. It just looked like it was going to be this tense the whole time. Like, you know. Oh, well, it's like them actually involved in a daring, like, rescue or something? Yeah, because my... Yeah. So I haven't seen Cliffhanger, but... I've seen Vertical Limit, and that is more about, like, the tension of being stuck on the mountain and, yeah. like, or, you know, like, something like Everest where, like, what you're fighting isn't, like, bad people, but, like, weather conditions and, you know, the fact that you have this ego that you think you can get off of this mountain. That's sort of what I was expecting. I had no idea 
about any of this federal bank money. <laughs> I had no idea any of this was coming. Yeah, it, it really blindsided me. <laughs> but we jump ahead eight months. Yep. And we're at the U.S. Treasury Office in Denver, possibly the most opposite place that Stallone could go to. So we have a bunch of containers of uh, $1,000 bills that are going to be transported via via plane, I guess. Yes. And all the Treasury agents are going to be on board to make sure nothing happens, and I'm all, sure it'll go all great. All aptly played by a dozen character actors. Oh, we got Bruce McGill, we got Paul Winfield from The Terminator, we got lots of great people in there. So, yeah, we get to the introduction of an FBI agent that's going to go along with them. And I will say the movie kind of swerved me because I thought the FBI agent that was going along with them was going to be the one that screwed them over. Right. Because he was like a last minute addition. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I was like, oh, OK, that guy's going to. Yeah. So we also go to uh, Sylvester Stallone, who has I guess he was with the pilot at the time when they were trying to do that escape on the mountain like they were together yes. which i didn't really get from that but but yeah they're together and i guess he's he's moved away though and he's well, going to get the rest say of the stuff during the uh during the rescue that he would if she did if he didn't knock it off flirting with the girl that he'd have to climb all the way back down and sleep outside yeah she i does just say that she recognized his butt i think <laughs> but i mean it's Stallone, of course you're going to recognize his butt. Well, oh. I mean, Estelle Getty did, so... <laughs> oh, God. Coming soon! I remember she was on Oprah pressing for that movie, and she was like, I got to see it! <laughs> I heard that she signed on to that movie uh, before, and they t they lied to her and told her there was not going to be any violence. <laughs> no joke. 100% serious. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's a uh, stop or my mom will shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they're having a little thing like she's like, "Oh, you know, you can't just walk away from your <laughs> from your mistakes. Like it wasn't your fault. You didn't." Like, well, kind of. And well, it's before he before we get the, that scene with her, he encounters the dude bros. Oh, yes. the dude bros. because they're like, "Dude, we're going up for a killer jump," and I'm like, "Guys, phrasing, come on." <laughs> and then yeah, like so, and that puts what boggles the mind because at one point they're like. Oh, don't tell me that that job made you afraid of heights. And it's like, no. Do you know what made him afraid of heights? The fact that he blames himself for dropping a woman off a mountain. Yeah. yeah. These guys, I, like, this movie is crazy, but these guys just walked out of another movie. Yes, they're not from this movie. Like, oh, work? Don't say that word, man. I hate just the word work. They're basically from Thrashing. Yes. Yes, they are. This is a sequel. This is the Thrashen Cinematic Universe. I'm pretty sure we've discussed it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The TCU. Yep. Yep. Not to be confused with the Tracers Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Jesus. Which is Tracers and Twilight. Yeah. Not abduction. Uh oh, sure. Yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that inexplicably, these two dude bros are like. I guess Stallone is like friends with them too. He already knows them for some yeah. reason, which I thought was crazy. Um, but anyway, they're they're like, yeah, bro, gonna jump, and they drive off. Yeah. So then he goes. Stallone goes to get his uh, get his stuff from Jesse's house, the pilot that he's currently or that he was, I guess, dating. Yes. 
And I wrote down there's a there's a string of dialogue of Stallone says to her, and I wrote down that Jesse has the most fitting response to any Stallone line in any movie ever. She just says, "What?" <laughs> and he's she's he's talking to her, trying to convince her to leave. And if you just look behind her, it's a pristine, naturally beautiful place to live. Leave this hell hole behind and come to Denver with me. <laughs> Denver, where the air pressure will always make you uncomfortable. <laughs> also, during this scene when she's reading him the riot act about how she's not going to leave, a fly almost flies into her mouth. <laughs> I did not notice that. I didn't see that either, but that's amazing. Yep. Yes. That's acting. She didn't even react. She didn't. They just, they just one take Jake. They kept it. Wow. But like when the scene started, like it, even this scene went a different way than I was expecting. Like, I don't know how Stallone's like keeping me on my toes, but like I thought he was going to show up and that like she was going to have blamed him. And that's why he left. But that's not what happens at all. Like she doesn't blame him at all. She like totally understands how it yeah. happened. He's the one who blames himself. Well, because the real spurned romance here, guys, is between Stallone and Michael Rooker. I mean, yes, the bromance. That's a movie I would watch. <laughs> uh, so, at this point, I think I think at this point we uh, we go back to we go back to the uh, the Treasury Department. Yes, and they are on board the the plane containing the containers of the thousand dollar bills. There are more twists on this airplane than a Shyamalan flick. Uh, the the FBI agent notices something awry. He sees another plane in the sky, pretty close. Gets up. It's on the wing. It's on the wing. <laughs> yeah, the plane is on the wing. <laughs> it's very dangerous. And he gets up, gets his gun. Uh, but the Treasury Department is like, no, 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 subdue him. And then the guy shoots all three of them, including legendary actor Bruce McGill. Yeah, this guy is like, uh, it's not a double cross, a triple. It's like a quadruple or quintuple cross. Well, yeah, because then the one of the pilots shoots the other guy, <laughs> shoots the co-pilot. Yeah. Oh, why do I have something else before that? Well, there is the scene where they do go to see Michael Roker, and Mr. Walton is painting a picture of a banana eating a monkey. He's a like a I guess he's supposed to be like a postmodern artist. Well, I mean, it's his hobby. Obviously, he's a helicopter pilot rescue guy slash artist, right? Yeah, it's a weird character arc. <laughs> it really is, because it's never like, it's they don't really do anything with it either. Yeah. It's just kind of like used as a persuasion thing later when she says, drive me out there, I'll buy your stupid art. <laughs> yeah. Little did she know it was going to be worth millions before this movie was over. <gasps> oh. <laughs> But yeah, so they do, um, yeah, so there's the art thing. And then, so back on the plane, uh, they have this wild plan to get all this money off this plane. Fucking terrible plan. It's, yeah, which later when one of the guys says that it was foolproof, I laughed for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) What about this is foolproof? I was getting some really good, like, Dark Knight Rises vibes from this scene. (laughs) Yeah, and then the cord, and then and then then they try to tell us that the guy can like shoot down a a cord from one plane to the other and just easily 
scale down. They honestly well, like they just reached out and grabbed the cord. Like it yeah. wasn't yeah. like it wasn't whipping in the wind. It wasn't like it was it just guided straight into his hand. They had like a pool hook or something. You know those things that you, you people are drowning at the local swimming pool, they give them a a, a rod or something to hold on to so they pull them in. That's essentially yep. what they used for this thing. <laughs> and so and so um the the treasury agent uh what's his name the one that like turns on everyone travers travers yes. yes yeah so he starts he starts uh he sends himself down first and we get the first uh we we get the first uh, hearing of john lithgow and uh, doing his uh his <laughs> accent spotless <laughs> yeah flawless accent john lithgow is actually killing it in this movie in the cheese department but that accent is wow <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's going for, but I like it. Uh, so yeah, Travers comes down first, and then he has the pilot. Pilot's about to send the send the money down, but the, the FBI agent they shot is not dead. No, no. because the guy steps directly on his hand and wakes yep. him up. <laughs> wakes him up. He brings him back to life. So he gets up, shoots the pilot. Uh, and just shoots like wildly, like he shoots the other plane and shoots the fucking what is it, the hydraulics or something? Well, I I think he probably knows that he's dead. Yeah, he's there's no coming back from this. He's been shot several times in a plane that's in midair. Obviously, the pilot's not gonna help him land that plane, mm. so you might as well just spray and pray. Exactly. Mm. So he shoots. Yeah, he shoots wildly. Uh, he kills the pilot. He. Kills a, kills one of the guys in the other plane, like one of the terrorists. Which, to which uh, one guy says, uh, "Should we get? What should we do? He's hurt. He's like, get him into a hospital immediately. Pushes him out of the plane as quickly yeah, as I'm... possible." <laughs> that line gave me a chuckle. I liked that one. <laughs> uh, so, and then they, but the the money, of course, is on the cord. But because the guy was killed, it flies off down below into the mountains, and our terrorists crash their plane. Well, they crash a model. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious that that whole thing was a miniature. I mean, but before that, the other plane explodes with those yes. amazing effects. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they set a charge in the original plane, right? Yes. Yeah. That's where all the money is in that plane explosion. And that's where the money falls out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... It's a fucking insane plan, number one. Everything about it is insane. Why not just take over that plane? Like, why do they have to put it in another plane? They wanted to crash uh, the treasury plane so that there would be no, like, bodies. Like, they would think that the money burned up in the crash. But they could just blow it up after. If it crashes into a, a mountain... In mid-flight, it's they'll they'll spend more time with the wreckage uh, as opposed to you know if they landed it and then blew it up elsewhere. Also, you know, there's trackers on that thing because there's yeah, trackers but... on the suits and uh, not the suitcases rather uh, because they used the Nintendo Virtual Boy to track them. Wouldn't they also? Wouldn't they be able to just listen to like the black box or whatever? Yep. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, so they they crash the model, as Nathan said, and uh, they they uh, one of the girl Crystal, the the pilot, the terrorist pilot, gets the <laughs> idea to get on the radio, which still works, aka and, the wife from Hook, 
Is it? Yep. Oh shit. It all it's all coming together. Cuz at first I thought she was the lady terrorist from Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, okay, that so would make I, sense running Harlan, yeah. Yeah, so I looked up her IMDb and she is not, but she was uh yeah, Robin Williams' wife in Hook. Two-time appearance. There you go. Uh, she does like a she does like a fake American accent to radio for help, <laughs> and you know ends up calling Rooker Rocky Mountain Rescue. We're on our way. Can't get choppers in, but we'll be right there. Can I just say that so she uses a throwaway line that says like this person needs their insulin. That's yeah. how they're going to get them there. If you go to the Wikipedia page for this movie, it's included on the list of films featuring diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just fake diabetes. Yeah, and she only says insulin once. And it's just like, they, they're stretching with this list. I think, I think it's, it's kind of weird that there's a list. <laughs> Guys, I'm looking to have a movie night on Saturday, but uh, I just got (laughs) that. We need a theme. Just got diabetes. I figure we just watch diabetes movies. I'm I'm thinking of starting with Cliffhanger and then maybe uh, Lucky Numbers. And then (laughs) no Lucky Numbers fans in the house. Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias is on the list. (laughs) Oh, I forgot Lucky Numbers. Michael Moore has asthma, not diabetes. (laughs) I can relate to that one, Michael Moore. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, where the fuck are we? So, yeah, they're, they're calling for help. Michael Rooker's like, I'm going to go help. Jesse tries to convince Stallone to go help him out. And she's, he's like, no, I didn't want my help. I'm freaking dropped the lady. Uh, I didn't know Sylvester Stallone was going to be on the podcast. <laughs> oh, Sylvester, what are you, what are you doing? Get, get out of the studio. Uh, you got these free snacks. Well, no, since you're here, I want to talk to you about Stop yeah. or My Mom Will Shoot and oh, Oscar. Man. Oh, man. Stop getting was a good lady, man. It's a good lady. Okay. Now, the film Oscar. Yeah, Academy Award, yeah. No, 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 no. No, the film called Oscar. The one yeah. that won no Oscars. Hey, come on, man. Don't remind me of that, man. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, I... I uh, we want to well, know. We want to know. I want to know what were they thinking. <gasps> boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Inception. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of bullies. I'm out. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to Wow. Sylvester Stallone is remarkably onion-skinned. Hmm. I was able to understand him a lot easier, though. A lot more than normal. Oh and and oh he just, he he and Milos just left. Oh, okay, I will be leaving as well. Goodbye. Oh, that's gonna be a party. <laughs> so, back to cliffhanger. Back to this fucking movie. Well, we are at the part where they've suckered them in to go up and help. And Stallone, as you said, wasn't going to yes. go up to help. But then he changed his mind. And when Michael Roker gets to, you know, part of the parts where he had to climb up to, Stallone's just waiting. I guess just he took chilling. the elevator. Yeah. yeah. I, when I saw that, I was like, you could have possibly scared the crap out of him, made him fall down the mountain. Well, you know, I got the wife, so... <laughs> 
But he, yeah, he's like, I'm going to help you. And Rooker's like, no, nah, basically, fuck you, man. Like, I don't yeah. want your fucking help. Uh, you dropped my, you dropped my girlfriend off a rope. <laughs> but uh, they, he goes with them anyway. And of course they run into John Lithgow and the terrorists, which is my favorite uh, rock band. <laughs> but uh, Lithgow, okay, I gotta I gotta play this first clip here, guys. Okay. This is I just want to play a little bit of Lithgow's accent because I want people to know what we're dealing with here. Kill a few people, they call you a murderer. Kill a million, and you're a conqueror. Go figure. Move on, Tucker. Time is short. So I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, I've heard worse. It's, yeah, Jerrica said it's. Uh, I think you were saying it was kind of kind of Catherine Hepburn vibe. I like when you really? said he was doing British. I was like, oh, I thought he was one hundred percent just doing like a nineteen forties weird mid Atlantic golden age of Hollywood thing. But then now, when I rewatched it, they do mention South Africa, and I'm wondering if that's what it's supposed to be. It's a little. You know what he's doing? He's doing. Uh, he went to the John Voight school of accents. <laughs> it, it's, it's all those accents in one. I mean, have you ever, did you hear Christian Slater's accent in Prince of Thieves? No. Oof. Kevin Costner had the, uh, foresight to go, you know what? Uh, you don't want to hear my British accent, so I'm just going to play this role straight. Uh, not Christian Slater, dedicated to the craft he is. He did an accent. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Lithgow, yeah, Lithgow and the terrorists uh, stop Stallone and Rooker, and they're like, you're going to help us get our money back. We got to find all three containers, basically the setup to a good video game. Yep. And uh, we're going to, you know, we have this crazy tracker, which again, what was that called? You called it? It looks like a Nintendo Virtual Boy. Yeah, Nintendo Virtual Boy, which apparently only Travers knows the code to, so that's what's keeping him alive, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're gonna—you're gonna help us find them. You're gonna—you're gonna track them for us. And I mean, after this, do they smash cut to the explanation as to who John Lithgow is and all that? I think that's a little bit later, but we might as well cover it now. Yeah, oh, well, just—I I only noted it because this is the point where we meet. Uh, Agent Michaels and Agent Hayes. <laughs> Agent Michael Hayes. Boom, got it in. Got it in there. <laughs> doot, doot, doot. Oh, God. <laughs> Rasslin. Rasslin. And this is this is where they explain that, that Lithgow is essentially a, a Hans Gruber knockoff. With the greatest name ever, Eric Quaylen. Quaylen. But yeah, he he basically they they suspected him for a while, so they put the FBI agent on uh, the plane earlier, thinking that he was up to something, and he was. So points for being right. Yeah, good <laughs> job, guys. So they're guiding Stallone and Rooker around to, or I guess they're those two are guiding the other people around to find the cases. Uh, they finally make it to the first case, and uh, I noted that Stallone has his over the top hat on. Oh. <laughs> he even turns it backwards. I did notice he turned it backwards, and I was like, "Oh God, that's a look." <laughs> well, you and gotta take... focus. Yeah, we turn that backwards. I'm a trucker. That way, you know, I'm get, I'm really in the zone. Go with the top. That's when they repeatedly tell him to fetch. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I I wrote worst dog owner ever because <laughs> they scream it in his face even yeah. more than Michael Vick <laughs> over and over. <laughs> no, maybe not worse than Michael Vick. Ooh, <laughs> hot take. That is that's whew. too soon. What I'm wondering is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, uh, it's been least. twelve years or something. <laughs> it's good. So they uh, yeah they send Stallone up to get the first case, but not before taking his jacket. Because we got to right. show off those those fucking muscles and those pecs. <laughs> and That's so, why you go to a Stallone movie, baby. Yeah. By the way, he'd be dead. <laughs> if he took off his jacket and just had his shirt on, he'd be alive for like, what? <laughs> he'd be like at least terribly frostbitten. Yes. Uh, but he goes up and he does get the first case. But then Michael Rooker finds out that they're basically going to kill him as soon as he comes down. So he warns him. They start shooting and st- causing an avalanche. Yes. <laughs> Stallone just like tosses the case off the side of the cliff, mm-hmm. which I'm like, why not just hold on to that money and try to do the bargain for Rooker right there? I, I don't know. Like, cause they try to do that later, right? Sort of. Yeah. Because they end up getting pilot lady. Yeah. And he well, has to and- do the exchange for the last case or something. Yeah, he writes down, well, even even before that, there's a scene where he writes down, like, want to trade, and it's, like, the money for uh, yeah. Michael Rooker. Yeah. But, alas, he just throws it, <laughs> and um, an avalanche comes up. So, I think uh, one of them one of them goes up and starts fighting Stallone, right, at this point? Do they? Oh, wait, is that later? I'm lost. <laughs> no, because I think they think he's dead. Yes. Right. So they just continue on their way, and then he goes to the cabin. Right, and because this is where Jesse, his his gal friend, is. Yes, uh, Michael Rooker like gives her a hint in on the radio to tell her that like he's going. He says like he's somewhere that he's not, so she knows that something's up. Yeah, yeah. He's like, meet me in the cabin, and then she's like, "What? <laughs> the cabin." I'm going to go to the cabin, but that's not even close to where he is. Right, so she gets Mr. Walton to uh, take her over to the other side of the mountain. Walton's Rides mountain, him. of course. <laughs> they say goodnight to each other before they go. <laughs> she promises to buy some of his artwork. Yeah. So he drops her off, and then uh, Stallone makes it to the cabin. And I wrote down, in case of emergency, break glass with the first sweater. That was wild. That was weird, yeah. <laughs> I wrote down, like, they keep sweaters in glass cases? <laughs> well, I'm guessing that the, the cabin is supposed to be some sort of almost museum-type place. But it does seem weird that they would keep, like, an old-timey sweater in a glass case. And not even, like, a a good sweater. Well, it's just... supposed to be an artifact. Yeah. But I just laughed. Cause, like, as soon as she broke the glass, I was like, what, is she getting an axe? <laughs> no, just, just a fucking just sweater. A, just a light cotton blend for Sylvester Stallone. Mm. <laughs> and the ladies go, "Oh, they were <laughs> checking out his arms." Yeah, that's exactly right. Is that what you did? No. You're like, oh, do we have to have a sweater in this scene? <laughs> Should be taking off his clothes, not putting more on. Yeah, it's Stallone <laughs> mountain climbing in his underwear. Although there is one thing that happens also when she when they're in that cabin together. Mm-hmm. She mentions that she can't radio anybody because the cold killed her radio. Okay. And I'm like, if your job 
is for search and rescue in Colorado on the mountain. Maybe have some better fucking equipment, Jesse. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, that the that the radios just get cold and you can't use them. Right. Yeah, I, I think what? Brent though could uh, explain as to why the cold killed the radio. Plot. Exactly. I also think that uh, they maybe should use the same radios that I use at work. Use <laughs> <laughs> radios at work. Those are oh, some yeah. Cineplex issue radios. <laughs> it worked just as well. Slam on the place I on my place of employment. Wow. Boom. Slam on my former place of employment. Boom. I, I, I don't work for them. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you don't get those great radios then. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, we're gonna do a lot of radio Cineplex radio related humor <laughs> in this episode. It's pretty niche, but I think it'll appeal. <laughs> I've got 10 pages of them. All right. So you ever walk into a bar? Okay. No. <laughs> so yeah. So they, the emergency sweater, they, um, they go to, they go to find the, se- they're trying to find the K the next case before the terrorists do. So they can have some sort of bargaining tool. Yeah. And they do find it, leave a note, uh, that they want to trade the money for Michael Rooker with a snowman. Uh, with a snowman. He has time to build a fucking snowman. Whoa. <laughs> Honest to God. Like, that's my question. Like he hears them coming and then <laughs> builds a snowman. I, I like to feel or think that there was a cut musical number that got recycled and used in frozen. And it's oh. just Sylvester Stallone asking pilot lady, if she wants to build a snowman, you want to build a snowman. <laughs> go play. Uh, but yeah, the terrorists everybody... aren't having any of it, and they destroy that snowman. And I have oh. the note: take that, Olaf. <laughs> it's the real like, it's the real. Uh, I have a machine gun, ho ho ho, moment of this movie. Yeah. Actually, I have that, and I also have the alternative note: do you want to kill a snowman? <laughs> yes, and Travers, the guy who playing Travers, is like angry all the time. Like it's. <laughs> He like, and he blames everyone else. He's like, "I'm so pissed off that I'm in this situation," and it's like, "You put yourself in this situation." Let's remember, he's southern. He's not angry. He's ornery. (laughs) He's like, he's always. I think he yells every single line. Yes, just about. Yep. (laughs) He's so upset that he's there, and I'm like, "This is your fault." But but thankfully, because they see that there's a snowman, they're like, they must be close. Hey, guy, random guy who we haven't given a name because you're about to die. Put on your night vision goggles. Mm-hmm. And go investigate over that hill. Yeah. But Stallone uh, takes him out, throws him off the mountain. Takes him out with a flare to the face. And then uses notice- his body as a sled. <laughs> oh, my God. That was amazing. <laughs> Did you notice that the night vision that he was wearing is like, a monocular it doesn't have two eye holes that was weird so but no it's not uncommon but it's it what is weird is that he was trying to shoot them with no depth perception whatsoever <laughs> so yeah and it's the lone kills uh michael rooker says like gravity's a bitch isn't it because <laughs> you got to get those one-liners in yeah um, i i Actually, posit the idea that Rooker's one-liners are better than Stallone's. Yeah, probably. I don't. I don't hate Michael Rooker in this movie. No, he's pretty great. High praise. 
Yeah, I like him in this movie. <laughs> Jerrica, that's the back of the DVD quote right there. Well, I mean, like, I don't like anyone in this movie because <laughs> I don't like this movie. But I don't hate him. But, like, I liked him in it, I guess. I wish that the movie had been him and, like, no Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Honestly, he could have been a better, like, a believable hero. Because Stallone is just supposed to be this mountain climber, but you look at him, you're like, okay, obviously he knows how to fight people. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's too muscly or something for yeah. me to buy him as a mountain climber, whereas Michael Brooker actually looks like he is, and he's a little bit younger than Sylvester Stallone, so I buy that too. Well, let's, let's also, I posit the fact that this is a diehard on a mountain. Uh, oh, yeah. But for knuckle draggers. <laughs> um, so it would actually be better if it had been Michael Roker as the, as the lead, because he's not as big as Stallone. So him overcoming this band of terrorists would actually, I think it would be more of a satisfying story to watch, even if they didn't change any other plot elements, just kept him, but made him the, the protagonist. Well, yeah. Cause it'd be like an everyman having to dig down and uh, become like a, 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 basically an action hero. Exactly. Just like Die Hard. Yeah. So. Tying it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so so after Stallone kills him, they have a... Uh, him and Jesse have a money fire. Yeah. Yes. Cost a fortune to heat this place. Uh, hey, hey, I get it? I made a joke. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's bad humor. <laughs> uh, and then now they're trying to reach the third container. The next day they try to, rather. But uh, there is a... Um, what happens? They're blocked because there's a bunch of explosions set off by Lithgo. I think they're trying to cross a bridge or something. Oh no, was... he trips a he he trips uh an explosion wire. Yes, because they're they are yeah, on, on the bridge that they're trying to cross. And then they have to run back and basically climb up the bridge, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which that bridge will come into play later, guys. <laughs> what what? <laughs> Was that a little bit of infighting between the terrorists uh, leading Lithgow to say, literally say, the fight's not here, it's out there. <laughs> Love that line, that cliche line. Did that start? That can't be from Cliffhanger, right? No. Okay. Because I've heard that many times. Uh, but we go back to the dude bros at this point for a brief little scene. And this is the scene with the dude bros that I definitely want to play. Okay. Okay. Yes. I love this scene. Here we go. They're in their little tent and they're having a little discussion here. Next time you're like watching MTV, you know, like take a split second and flip it to the weather channel. I mean, hey, where would you rather be right now? Here in Tent City or at home playing some righteous air hockey? <laughs> air hockey's definitely got my vote. Exactly, Cheesehead, exactly. What? I honestly, I understand all of those words individually, but that is not, those are not sentences. I'm guessing Max Perlatch, the fellow who is referred to as Cheesehead, I'm guessing he's from Wisconsin? (laughs) Must be. They never explore that, they just call him Cheesehead, which is the nickname of folks from Wisconsin. You've given them some, some vast character backgrounds. Well, you know... Like, what does that mean? Next time you're watching MTV, turn it to the weather channel. Would you rather be here or playing air hockey? Yeah, uh, I have no idea. What well, he's saying mean? check the forecast so that we don't get stuck on the mountain in Tent City. 
because if you had checked the weather, we wouldn't have come up here today, and we would have uh, got, wouldn't have gotten stuck. It actually okay. That I don't understand how I didn't get this. Okay, <laughs> I didn't get it either. I'm a straight I, up stone cold dum dum. Okay. I, Hey, I'm right there with you. I 100% didn't understand what was going on in that scene at all. I <laughs> genuinely just thought they were saying words. <laughs> nope. Next time, check the weather so we know to get off the mountain at the right time. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, setting up that they are still on the mountain overnight. They're not. Yes. They're up there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're still up there. Uh, now it is night nightfall, and uh, or I guess it already was nightfall, but... Uh, Gabe or Sylvester Stallone, Gabe, his character's name. What am I doing? <laughs> Stallone and Jesse are going through this cave because they got to go around now because of that bridge blowing up. Yes. And uh, they're climbing up to to get to the third case, but old Leon is there waiting for well, them. Well, actually, we find out that uh, the cave that they're in is filled with guano. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of bats. Ooh. Right. So we got a, an action scenes coming up that is batshit crazy. Uh... Hey. <laughs> I honestly like that scene felt so out of place to me. Like they're on a mountain with terrorists like they know that people are being murdered and she's like, "Oh my god, there's a bat in my hair." Like <laughs> get your fucking priorities straight. I I, I feel the same way because I'm like Okay, she flies a helicopter. She rescues people for a living. Like, she's seen people die. I'm guessing she's seen broken bones and viscera and everything. Uh, Not. Like, she uh, probably, she's probably encountered the the wolves that we know live on that mountain. Mm -hmm. Like, and, but bats are what scare her. Right. (laughs) Yeah, she becomes like a damsel in distress for some reason. Yeah. It felt so out of place to me. It was weird. Uh, but after they go through the bats, they pop up on they pop up out of the hole, and Leon is there. And holy shit, you guys, we need to play this scene. This is the last clip I have here. This is Leon. Uh, uh, basically Leon going the professional. In, Leon the professional. <laughs> this quite. is John Reno. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leon basically has his gun on Stallone and then comes down and uh, threatens to kill them. And I just want to me- uh, mention, because you're going to hear a lot of punching and kicking, uh, he actually puts his gun down and starts doing kung fu. Now I'm going to ask you just three times. Where's the money? Sissy. You hit like a sissy. Ah! <laughs> Wrong answer, motherfucker! I'm gonna ask you for a second time. Where is the money? Burned it. Wrong answer! Time to kill a mountain man. It amazes me in this day and age when a man put money for personal safety, himself and his bitch. I wish you could go to your grave knowing that I'm gonna treat the bitch right. Amazing. 
the reason why he put his gun down was because, and it wasn't in that clip that you played, but there were no bullets in his gun. Well, I don't think there were bullets in there from the get-go. Right, because so, when she tries to shoot him, he says, no bullets, bitch. Yeah. It's like, what kind of but that, plan that is, is that? The, I don't know. I guess he was just confident in his kung fu. <laughs> And what I love, though, is his whole thing where he's like, you know, in this day and age, I was like, what? Where is this going? I'm an old-timey prospector, and in this I'm day al- and age... I'm always surprised when someone will put their money in between them and their bitch. <laughs> so good! I was like, there are so many... Okay, I actually, I kind of believe that Sylvester Stallone wrote this. Because none of the dialogue makes any sense to me. Like that clip you played earlier, where John Lithgow's like, "Call one person, kill one person, you're a murderer. Kill a million, you're a conqueror." Yeah. I'm kill like, them all. You're I'm a like, god. Where is this coming from? Like, Mega you're death. a terrorist. <laughs> like, you're not a conqueror. Like, what is he talking? What is he conquering? <laughs> also, kill a million. Fiscal instability. <laughs> So Leon is killed because Stallone lifts him up through a stalactite. Yeah, he just thrusts him into the ceiling. Yeah, like ridiculous. <laughs> just, just he Stallone's force is able to just put that thing through his body, and basically a gusher of blood comes out. Oh, yeah, it's invented. Uh, I, I I question the strength thing, but that's, <laughs> that's another discussion altogether so they get they make it out they make it out of the cave even though there are explosives set to go off again michael rooker warns them on the radio he gets the radio and warns them at the they're explode Mm -hmm. so they get out of there and we have another moment guys tying back to the first scene in the movie where jesse is hanging on to stallone's hand and we're like oh is he gonna drop another one but no (laughs) he manages to pull her up to safety and I am going to say I'm quite shocked at the movie's restraint from not just doing a straight flashback. Yes. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, point. They could have used it to pad it out a bit. Oh, are you saying this movie's not long enough? <laughs> well, it seemed like it went forever, but... It is like an hour and... It's almost two hours, isn't it? 50 almost. minutes or something. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised when I, like... When I went to Netflix and I opened it, I was like, oh, my God, I pay two hours. <laughs> I was surprised it was on Netflix. <laughs> I was, I was too. I was happy it was on Netflix, but I was I, very surprised it was on Netflix. I was like, all right, let's see if I could find this. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> uh, so he, uh, so yeah, he pulls her up and uh, where are we at this point? I guess they, oh, yeah. So this is where the gang, the terrorists really start turning on each other. This is the point where we see the death of Bobo, Bill, and Ted. No, no, only one of them. That was way earlier. Max Perlatch survived. Oh, okay. No, it happens around this point, I think. Well, it happened before the guano fight, I think. Yeah. Actually, it happened after it costs a fortune to heat this place. That's when the, uh, the terrorists come upon our dude bras, and uh, they book for it and uh the blonde guy he gets shot and he dies but max perlatch uh manages to jump off and parachute down to the bottom 
Yep, and we get a great shot of Michael Rooker like slow motion running towards the dude bros trying to warn them. Yeah. Which he then does later on. Yeah, he does it almost, twice. Almost exact, like shot for shot. Same music, same running, like same. Yep. Just no. Which maybe that's why you thought this was here because it the the, the no comes up again. Yeah, it's the exact uh, same oh, thing. Oh, you're right, because Leon yep. is actually the one that shoots them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the one of them gets killed. One of them just flies off. The other guy flies off the cliff and gets caught in the trees. He has like his uh, parachute or whatever. Yeah. And um, and then old man Frank, uh, Mister Walton, Walton yep. comes along later and finds him. Yes, that's why Frank gets up on the mountain. Scares some wolves away. Yes. Now the terrorists start turning on each other. Basically, John Lithgow wants to use the uh, the tracking device, but realizes that Travers is the only one that can use it. So Travers kind of has them at his uh, at his will for a little bit until Lithgow, who we didn't really talk about this a lot, but the pilot, the female pilot, and him are kind of an item. And he he says, "Well, you uh, you know, check uh, checkmate. I just killed this girl slash the pilot. Now I'm the only one that can fly. So go find the fucking container." Yes, mm. I'll just wait here. <laughs> yep, he literally just gets gets on the thing and just sits there and waits. My note <laughs> here is uh, that those paintings that she agreed to buy earlier are now worth a fortune. <laughs> oh yes, because the artist is Frank. Dead. Yes, Frank comes down to check because the, the. Oh wow, I'm all over the place because this happens earlier, doesn't it? Yes, because they. They kill Frank, and she's the only. She's like, "Well, I can fly it out of here." And that's when yeah. Lithgow's like, "That's when he shoots her and says, Do you know what love is? Sacrifice.' Yeah. Uh, what What's the line you like to say? Um, sustaining on scenery alone. Oh yes, <laughs> just chewing on that scenery. <laughs> oh, just like like a bunch of cud, yeah. cliffhanger cud. Yeah, so then after this, after he kills the pilot, Travers is like goes to find the money, and he sets off with Michael Rooker and the only other remaining bad guy, which is like the racist Australian dude. Yes, he's left to kill Michael Rooker. Is he yeah. Australian? He's not Australian, is he? I thought he was doing an Australian accent. I thought he was just supposed to be like a British hooligan. Well, it was funny because like his accent, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's his real accent, and yeah. next to John Lithgow's, so it made it more hilarious. Yeah, no, that guy's... That guy's accent is legit. I've seen him okay. in other stuff. The and one thing I noticed, though, about his accent is that he refers to himself as a soccer player. Yeah. Bloody good which striker. Which he never would have. <laughs> yeah, it would have been football, wouldn't it? Yeah. But Sylvester well, Stallone was probably like, oh, football. Well, here, here's the thing. Soccer is the one you do with your feet. People are going to know the difference with a football. They usually do. They, it is interchangeable now. At, and even at that point in time, it would have been interchangeable. People would have known if he had said soccer versus football. But I think you're right. I think that line was changed specifically to be soccer so that, you know, middle America would be like, it's like, what do you mean? There's no strikers in football. What's striker? <laughs> and that entire scene, though, like, of Michael Roker just laying there while this guy's, like, acting out this entire soccer game, <laughs> like, around his face. <laughs> yep. Crowd goes wild. Field goal. Yeah. He's and like, what is Michael Roker's? to the left. <laughs> and then Michael Rooker finally manages to uh, to avoid him and shoot him and throw him off the cliff. And what does he say? Season's, Season's over, over, asshole. Yeah. 
which his quip is so much better. <laughs> this entire movie is just like lines of dialogue that don't relate to anything. Every new scene is a new movie. <laughs> I think your your theory is pretty sound. Yeah. <laughs> but after he kills whatever country that guy's from, England, Australia, whatever. <laughs> the Commonwealth. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Stallone is uh, has attached the tracker to a bunny rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> I guess somehow, and uh, and Travers. First I wasn't paying attention. I thought it was like a bear. Cause, okay, because well, he had because I, he it's... saw the hole, and I was like, "Oh, is there a bear in there?" <laughs> and then I was picturing a bear like going to eat Travers. It suddenly <laughs> turns into fucking like the edge or something. <laughs> Just the revenant. <laughs> it um, the rabbit is is brown mm-hmm. okay and i'm guessing it's it's snowy there because there's all kinds of snow around uh most rabbits i i if, i don't know if it's a temperature thing or maybe it is just a time of year thing but when they get surrounded by snow like in the winter time and whatnot their hair uh, their fur will change to a white so as to be camouflaged Yes. So it's almost like they just took a brown rabbit and put them on the set. Yes. <laughs> 110%. Didn't do anything to make it look right. No. Uh, but uh, Travers is going crazy shooting at the rabbit. He, obviously, he can't even hit it. The rabbit gets away. And uh, he starts chasing Stallone. He starts chasing Stallone. And uh, eventually Stallone (laughs) grabs him and throws him down. uh, But Stallone falls through the fucking the ice. Mm -hmm. So he's under underneath the ice. He takes his sweater off. Yeah. Under the ice. (laughs) Like the, the amount of time he's under there, he would probably be dead. And that just like made it even less possible. Also, the. I got some issues with how clear that ice was to see through if they're standing on it. And I have issues with, like, did he shoot him? Did Frank... You mean, did Gabe shoot the dude through the ice? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he did. With a, like, with a gun? Yeah, he had a gun under there. And how did his gun shoot in the water? Well, I mean, the first round, ideally, would still be watertight. And then when he shot it, water would have absolutely got into the firing mechanism and stuff like that. He might have been able to get one shot off is what I'm getting at. Yeah, like the way they the way that it looked at first, I thought Michael Rooker showing up with the, his gun was the one who shot him. Oh. And then, but then I did think that too. I actually I'm I okay, I will say I'm actually not sure cuz the first time I watched it, I thought Sylvester Stallone shot him, but the second time I do remember thinking was it Michael Rooker? Yeah. And like the official uh, Wikipedia plot summary says that Stallone is the one that shot him, but I, I'm still not 100%. Yeah, I, I will. Yeah, I will say mystery, I believe it either, but either way, this, but this mystery will haunt us forever, guys. Now, uh, Jesse, she's gotten away at this point. She mm. and she's trying to to signal for help or get away. And and she sees the helicopter. And, and she starts, thinks it's old Frank. Right. Mr. Walton. It is not. 
It is no. not. No. And it's John it's Lithgow oh. holding a gun on her from a helicopter. Couldn't you just, like, roll away? <laughs> like, I don't think it would be that hard to outrun. Well, no, and he would absolutely have a hard time training his sights as well, especially considering he has to maintain control over the helicopter. Yeah. Well, think about this, too, because he he takes her into the helicopter, so that means he would have to land the helicopter while having the gun on her the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would just, I would just peace. <laughs> yeah, basically, she's waiting around to be taken hostage. <laughs> yeah. Later, see ya, wouldn't want to yeah. be ya. <laughs> Lithgow, I think you're out of luck in this one. <laughs> uh, Gabe, or the Stallone and Rooker think that they've basically won the day. They, they radio Lithgow to let him know that all his men are dead. Lithgow has the hostage, so he says, alright, I still got a bunch of money. I'm gonna trade you the money for the for the girl. Mm-hmm. Comes down to the ultimate trade-off. He drops off Jesse. Stallone goes to throw the bag. He throws it into the helicopter blades. Yeah. And it goes everywhere. And at this point, you can see that it is not Lithgow in the pilot seat. Oh, yeah. Like, they the had stunt- the worst stunt double for him. Yeah, they're not even, like, stunt doubles. They're just, like, random stuntmen. Yeah. <laughs> it was just Leon again. <laughs> that it's would a- be amazing. Like- it's, it's Mr. Walton, just like a stuntman. <laughs> But he ends up uh, taking the, I guess the the way the way that Jesse got down, she had like a cord or a hook or whatever. So it's still dangling. So he takes the hook and hooks up to the top of that uh, bridge that fell down earlier. No, it was the ladder. Oh, it's a ladder. It okay. was ladder was stuck to the because it's at one point he climbs up it and I think there's like a sign near the bottom that says like vintage ladder because it's it's an old piece on the mountain kind of like how the cabin was like a museum piece i don't know if i trust my life to a vintage ladder because it comes off pretty easily but i mean in fairness the helicopter's pulling it but well that's the thing the helicopter is pulling on it the helicopter careens down the cliff gets stuck stallone and lithgow have this like fight on top of the helicopter and could you see where it was tacked in to stay up no, I didn't. Oh my god, I'm watching it, and where they're on top of the helicopter now, I'm, I'm assuming, obviously, this would have been done on, like, a, a sound stage, or it's, you know, obviously, we're tricked into thinking that it's up higher than it is, but they still need to make the thing kind of move or bounce a bit, so they have to kind of tack it into wherever the the set piece is. And it, a couple times during the fight, you could see uh, the beam or whatever it was that was supposed to be holding them up sticking into the mountain. That is filmmaking 101. Yeah. Reginald Harlan, you've done it again, you <laughs> bastard. Oh. And during the fight, too, I was like, oh, yeah, like Lithgow would be standing any kind of a chance in a fist fight with Sylvester Stallone. Well, that's, like, honestly, like, that's what I wrote down, like, during that scene. Like, I don't know if I'd buy John Lithgow as an action star. Yeah. Like, I like, buy John Lithgow as a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe, like, like using his mind yeah. for sure. And Not guns. unlike uh, Ricochet. Yeah, but in, like, hand-to-hand combat. Hmm. No. Also, I was shocked to find, though, that John Lithgow and Sylvester Stallone are the same age. What? <laughs> what? And knowing that and watching that movie, I 
I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it messed me up, man. <laughs> That's insane. We're the same age. And I feel like Lithgow is embracing that while Stallone is not ready for that. No, not in the le- Lithgow did age gracefully, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks like and an old man, but... Yeah, and his role is, like, age-appropriate. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, Michael Rooker is younger than both of them. Mm-hmm. And it makes more sense. That role makes more sense for the Michael Rooker yeah. than Sylvester Stallone. Well, guys... Uh, the chopper falls. Lithgow is Deadsville. He, however, it's his own fault because he was instructed to keep his arms and legs inside the ride at all times. Good lord! <laughs> One of these days, I just want an action movie where someone's doing a line that long and it gives the villain enough time to kill them. <laughs> but he, yeah, the chopper falls. Stallone makes it up. So now it's. Uh, an old familiar sight, kind of. I guess Jesse's there, but it's Jesse, Stallone, and Rooker. Uh, the the Treasury agents that were going after Lithgow at the same time, they, there was another chopper going around. It, 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 Rooker says like something to the effect of, like, if you want to find Lithgow, he's at the bottom of the cliff. Wearing a like, helicopter. Yeah, and they're like, good. <laughs> and, yeah, and then it ends. <laughs> Patty actually said at this point, oh, now... The feds get here. Oh yeah, they get they get there right in time, right? Yeah, yeah. They just what say I, we'll send someone up to get you. Just sit tight. Sit Which... tight. You you were just in a freezing cold river. You've been sweating to death. You haven't had anything to eat or drink. And like you don't know hours. if they get rescued, if they get down off the mountain. So cliffhanger ends on a cliffhanger. Hey, but can I can I suggest uh, an extended ending for this movie? Do. I would have loved to see the rescue mission. They're going across the rope and Stallone drops Jesse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it all ties together. Or Michael Rooker drops her and then they could be like, bro, I don't blame you. Same thing happened to me. Bro hug credits. <laughs> they, they, they still uh, still frame freeze on them like it's the end of Murder, She Wrote or something. Yep. And then it They're plays. They're both laughing. <laughs> And then you hear, you're the best around. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Oh, that was a movie. Guys, Jerrica, Jerrica, yeah. Jerrica, Jerrica, would you recommend Cliffhanger? Oh, man. I would 100% recommend the opening. <laughs> As a short film, like 10 <laughs> minutes of tension. That's great. I okay. mean, I watched it on like 1.5 speed on Netflix, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was more like a a, a wacky vaudevillian experience <laughs> so for you. <laughs> it's definitely. I would say it's not as bad as other movies that you guys have done on this show. Mm. So I would say if it interests you, it, you'll probably enjoy it. But if you don't think you would, then don't bother. Boy, let yeah. me tell you, it costs a fortune to heat this place. <laughs> Every line is like that. Yeah, I was gonna say like make like a super cut of like all the dumbest lines in this movie, but that's just the movie. You kill a man, and you're a murderer. Movie. You kill money, you're a conqueror. Hey, thanks. That's my time. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what about you? Uh, I'd recommend it. If, I mean, if you want, um, you want some early to mid 90s just dumb action this has got it by the barrel full 
Yeah, I'd say it's dumb cheese that's totally entertaining. It's just, it, be prepared, it is super dumb. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's longer than it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, don't go see it if Jurassic Park isn't sold out. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. Would you recommend it over Jurassic Park? No, no. Hell to the hell to the hell to the hell to the no. <laughs> Um, well, that, that, uh, that, that settles it. We're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back. What were they thinking? What were they thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared reseller VPS and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24, seven, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. Nathan Podcoin, Podcoin, Podcoin. Oh, what about Podcoin, Podcoin, I Podcoin? S- well, I said it three times in the mirror, so it would appear, but it didn't work. What do you mean it didn't work? All you have, you don't need to say it three times in a mirror for Podcoin to appear, Brendan. All you got to do is go to the uh, Google Play Store or mm-hmm. yeah, your Apple Store, and you can just download the app for free. Oh, so it doesn't work like a magic mirror or like a Beetlejuice. No, no need to worry about damning your soul. Okay. So just download it, right? And I can uh, listen to podcasts. And you'll get paid to do it. In podcoins? Yes, well, you save up those podcoins and you cash them in for gift cards or charitable donations. And like, say I listen to this podcast. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, I think... The hosts are uh, very sex- sexually attractive to me. Oh, yes. Just handsome devils all around. <laughs> Is there any benefit to that? Like, can I benefit from listening to this podcast? Well, fun that you should mention that. Uh, if you take uh, a special code, WWTTPD, that's the What Were They Thinking Police Department, mm-hmm. and you put that into PodCoin, they're going to set you up with 300 Bonus pod coins just to start you off. What? Yeah. I mean, you're earning right out of the gate. So get that app, guys. Podcoin. Use that code. Listen to podcasts. Get stuff. What were they thinking? And we're back. Hey, we are back. And I just want to say... <sighs> Nathan Jericho. Uh, yes, Brendan. Yes, Brendan. It's time for the low haiku. Yes, the low haiku. 17 little syllables that represent the movie we just spent an hour and a half talking about. Indeed. Jerrica, as our guest, would you like to break this movie down in 17 syllables? Sure thing. <clears throat> Mountains, cold as ice. John Lithgow, his strange accent. He's Mary Poppins. Very good, very good, very good. Yes, Thank excellent, you. Excellent. Thank you. <clears throat> 
climbing scary rocks, Lithgow chewing all the scenes, Sir Rennie Harlan. Thank you. Very good. Very good. <clears throat> Rocky climbs the rocks. Henry, portrait of rescuer. Get me my agent. Snap, snap. That was, snap, snap, that, snap. That was told from the perspective of John Lithgow. Oh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you to special guest John Lithgow. Well, it was he. It was just I. I wrote it from his perspective. Hey, you said John Lithgow. Yeah, I love that guy. Uh, he doesn't deserve to be on NPR. Oh, I'm gonna go, man. You guys have a good night. You guys to That loud Italian out of my studio. He's gone, and so am I. Oh, there you go. That worked. Ah, oh, found out a technique. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Let's move on. Uh, we all talked about Cliffhanger. We had opinions of Cliffhanger. But what did we always say? Well, we always say... Don't take a word for us! Nathan, this is, uh, this is a rarity. Mm-hmm. This film is considered fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, by like 8%. Yeah, so 68%. Audience rating, 52%. Which, I'm surprised not to see that reversed. Yeah, because this definitely is something that is more of an audience pleaser, I find, than it would be a critic pleaser. Yeah, it's not like a technically well-made movie, but it is an entertaining one. No, and as a matter of fact, uh, retouching it uh, and putting it in HD on Netflix did not do it any favors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that green screen was immaculate. Oof. So the fake snow. <laughs> the mountains looked so real in the background. <laughs> well, David Anson of Newsweek says Cliffhanger does its damnedest to see that the audience gets its money's money's worth of thrills, but for all the state of the art stunt work, the movie has little personality. It's like ice cream without flavor. Oh. Yeah. So very straightforward. To the point. This frozen milk, then. Mmm. Love a good frozen milk. You would. <laughs> uh, Christopher Harris uh, from the Globe and Mail, so a Canadian review here. Mmm. Okay, do the accent. Okay. I truly has an awe-inspiring stunts and special effects, eh? As many of its suspense sequences will leave you with your heart in your mouth, right? Sounds delicious. <laughs> Uh, Jerrica, you have one? Uh, yes, Richard Schlickel from Time Magazine. Oh, he, he puts it simply, we're not at Cliffhanger for realism. We're there for the cliffhanging, and there's plenty of it. <laughs> it's all there in the title. Oh, yeah. Yep, does what it says on the tin. Jay Boyer from the Orlando Sentinel says, some movies get you so excited, so revved up on action and thrills, that you almost feel like you're flying. Cliffhanger makes you feel like you're dropping. (laughs) (laughs) That is a negative review. Yeah. Um, Well, let's see if I can find a positive one. Um, 
Oh, David Newser from Real Film Reviews gave it a 3 out of 4 and says, Cliffhanger kicks off with an enthralling sequence detailing a perilous rescue attempt uh, within the aforementioned Rocky Mountains. I like how it ends there. He's like, and the rest of the movie I did not watch. (laughs) (laughs) I passed out due to Quaaludes. I actually think that might be a secret Jericho review. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wrote that one. That was all me. (laughs) You got another one? Jerica? Yes. Like the roller coaster ride Cliffhanger clearly wants to be, the film sends you out pleasantly rattled and wobbly of gait. <laughs> what? It's from the Chicago Tribune. Oh, that rag. Was it Roger Ebert? It was not. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's go, let's, let's get into the audience reviews here, Oh, guys. actually, I have one oh. here. I, I okay. did, I did want it, because I have, I take umbrage with it. It's okay. a fresh one, uh, but I think it's a review of maybe, like, a re-release, because if you're a Stallone fan and a 4K enthusiast, this is a must-see for the sheer wonderment of the visuals. If you're one of those who can take or leave Sly, and it's non-plussed on, U- on 4K, there's really not much on offer for you here feel that if you're into 4k this is not necessarily the movie for you because you will see every moving part (laughs) every little flaw that was hidden by non-hd yeah well all right now let's get into the audience reviews the 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 best the best ones uh this is kind of a long one but it's a two-star review from Corey s and it says, when I think of Sylvester Stallone movies, I think of Rocky and Rambo. So it took 25 years to watch this movie. And now that I've seen it, I can tell you right now, I most likely will not be rewatching this movie for another 25 years. That puts me at 65 years old. The action was over the top like I thought it would be, but not so over the top that it crippled the movie. What I didn't care for was the extra drama. You had an okay storyline with decent acting, but it was the extra drama like killing the lady at the beginning, then killing the helicopter pilot and the young thrill seeker for no reason. I also noticed that Sly was all pumped up with peds for this movie, and that's why they never let him wear a heavy winter coat in this movie. He says it twice. Even though he would have froze to death at least five times, in this movie, he says it three times. I did enjoy the way this film was shot, and all the mountains looked good. If you like all-out action movies and Stallone, then you might like this movie more than I did. Two stars. Well, yep. I have a, a five-star review. Ooh! And uh, this person didn't leave a name. Okay. Uh, just uh, what looks like a, a rough sketch of, I don't know, Tinkerbell or Pebbles <laughs> from the Flintstones. I'm not sure. Was it Julia Roberts? No. Again, they don't leave the name, so I'm going to read it uh, in a voice that sounds like the person who would have written it. Okay. Oh, the best thrilling movie ever made. It is from Milos. I knew it. (laughs) Uh, Jerka? I've got uh, half a star review Ooh. from a Karen, of course, which will make sense once you hear it. Okay. Yeesh. Just yucky. Too many curse words. Never, ever watching that again, especially with my kids. Yucky brownie face. <laughs> this one says, this one is a uh, five-star review from George B. And he says, I'm not sure if it's possible, 
but I think this might be my favorite movie of all time next to Monsters, Inc. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine asking, what's your favorite movie? Mm, It's a tie, but I would have to say Monsters, Inc. and Cliffhanger. Good lord. Oh my god, I'm like, I've like laid down and I'm like... I'm thinking of having like heart palpitations. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I would walk out. <laughs> so not unlike you, s- some say that this movie is as good as Monsters Inc. Because <laughs> according to Jerica's theory earlier, some people say that uh, the Covenant is Rennie Harlan's best work. Yeah, it all checks out. <laughs> the math does, anyways. Uh, Uh, I know a half star review from Michael L Ooh, (laughs) you have got to be kidding me I'm a rock climber this was fiction, misfacts and poorly guided adventure into what constitutes mountaineering how dare this Sylvester Stallone movie from 1993 be factually inaccurate (laughs) (laughs) I did hear that actually when I was uh, reading a little bit about it apparently there were like a shit ton of criticisms from real uh rock climbers that were like yeah none of this movie was fact <laughs> right like none of the things they used to climb the mountains was accurate at all uh all right i'll, I'll, I'll go one more and then jerica if you've got another one you can go ahead but uh this one is just from holden c it's a four-star review and it just says good cliffhanging movie <laughs> okay i've got one that's uh three and a half stars the villains are so, so stupid. It's actually hilarious to watch their moronic antics. All those cheeseheads deserve to die. Oh, no. They weren't all from Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> it's from, and, and it's written by Wisconsin A. We love you, Wisconsin. Thanks for listening to the show. For sure. No doubt about it, eh? You bunch of cheeseheads. Anyway. All right. I got one last one. Uh, from, I think it's Lane S. One star mm-hmm. writes, I'm sure this was good when I first watched it, but now it's rubbish. Boom. Slam. So he's, he's dissing himself when he was a kid? I guess. Okay. Take that, Lane. I thought it was Lane. a pretty cool movie when I was a kid, too, though, so. And again, uh, first time watching it as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> And again, I can't stress this enough. Horrible video game. Just the worst. Never played it. It's so bad. Worse than the Judge Dredd video game? I never played that one. I just know the cliffhanger one was like the same background for every level. And then sometimes you get a snowboarding level. Oh, that oh, does nice. suck. I don't remember snowboarding in the movie, but I could yeah. be wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's cliffhanger. Um, Nathan, why don't you drop us a little clue for next week? A little clue? Clue. A little Tim Curry clue. Uh, uh, a Hinsky, if you yes. will? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I suppose I could come up with just a, just a tidbit of something that could tell people what kind of what we're getting at, but not necessarily what we're watching. Please. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You could be my wing pharaoh any day. There we go. That's next week. Come back for it. On Monday, we will reveal the movie on our Twitter page. Thank you, Robo Brendan. 
You're welcome, Nathan. Uh, now, I uh, want to say... Uh, well, actually, before we go to that part, we we got to get Montrose in here. Montrose, get in here. Hello, it's your good friend Montrose Munkington Third here. Um, just uh, wanted to pop in and say hello to everyone. Uh, I, I hope uh, you've uh, you've been checking out my YouTube channel, Montrose Munkington TV, where I have recently posted uh, some video of some unearthed, previously unseen Montrose footage uh, from a wrestling event where I got to meet Tommy Dreamer back in 2017. Uh, if you watch that, you can either check it out there, or you can follow the links on my YouTube, uh, no, sorry, my Facebook page, Montrose Monkington Third Esquire and Friends, or, you know what, I, I believe I also alluded to it on Twitter, uh, at Montrose the Third. that's the number 3RD. Uh, uh, please do enjoy the video and let me know what you think, and thank you, more later. Thank you, Montrose. It was all your pleasure. It was my pleasure and yours. No, no, just mostly yours. And yours. No, not quite. Thank you. More later. Don't steal my lines. Thank you. He's gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I want to thank, uh, of course, I want to thank Jerrica for being our extreme sports expert, our guest for the number five. This is the fifth one. I, it is a pleasure. I think, um, yeah, this is a good one. We've been waiting to do this one for a while, so I'm happy to have finally seen it. Yeah, it's at least, it, in terms of the enjoyment level, up there with thrashing. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. It's, like, streets ahead of, like, tracers and rollerball. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you forgot the best one. I'm sure Chairman I did. of the board. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh my god, yeah, I could, yeah, I blocked that one out. Way to go, you... way to go, Brendan. She had her body, yeah, had been through so much trauma after watching <laughs> Chairman of the Board that she successfully blocked the memory, and you had to remind her, yeah, thanks, Brendan. Farm animals, oh god. <laughs> No problem. Glad it could help. Um, so you can also uh, find us all over the interwebs. at. Fa- you can find us on Facebook. Just search for What Were They Thinking. Find us on Instagram at Twitter at WWTT Podcast. We're on all the podcatchers. Podbean at www.tttpodcast.podbean.com. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash WWTT Podcast. Just like Jerrica, she's a patron. Yeah, whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, like I said uh, last week we do have a uh, bonus episode coming up sometime this month so keep your eyes out for that keep your eyes open for that don't keep your eyes out for that that ears open eyes closed open as well I mean you would read the text to say hey bonus episode no I I, I go in blind just start clicking you'll eventually (laughs) hit play uh (laughs) Even if you delete all the files on your computer, it's worth it. But yeah, we don't know what it is yet. Nathan is, uh, I don't think we'll do a reveal. I think it'll just happen, right? Yeah, it's it usually goes. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out. And uh, we're also on TeePublic and Redbubble. Got some stuff on there. So just search for us on those websites. And I think that will do it. So again, I will say again, thank you, Jerrica. Thank you for joining us for Cliffhanger. My pleasure. And uh, 
as we sign off, I guess, uh, Nathan, do you have any questions? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if we're talking about a movie where mm-hmm. they they paid seventy million dollars to make it, I got thirty of it in nineteen ninety three ninety four. I yep. mean, and they got John Lithgow. Uh, a man who has uh, tread the board several times, but apparently cannot do a very good accent. And, I mean, another movie which also is possibly the a prequel to not only Guardians of the Galaxy, but also Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah, without a doubt. Right. With all of that bizarro stuff happening including plane hijacks in the middle of the air it's a robbery so it's like a train robbery but planes we got a couple of dudes who might be from wisconsin but talk they're like they're from the southern california mm-hmm. I, I just for something that's all over the place like this and looks like it could be entertaining i i just have to ask yeah what were they thinking favorite podcast to interrupt you with an ad for your new favorite podcast. Wait, wait, isn't this playing on somebody else's show? Exactly. So then how are we inter- I thought we were their new favorite podcast. Well, we're going to become their new favorite podcast after they hear this advertisement for our show. What's our show called, Justine? Superiority Complex. Yeah, where can they find us, Patrick? Uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You can go to at Complex on Twitter, S-O-U-P Complex, and you can go to Facebook.com Slash soup complex, but our main page is on Podbean, and you can find us there at www.superioritycomplex.podbean.com. New episodes are out every Thursday. Justine, yes. what do we talk about on the Superiority Complex? Nerdy stuff. Perfect. Don't get all sensual with your voice. Yeah, did you hear that? I heard it. It's a little inappropriate. If you want to hear a little more of that, tune in to the Superiority Complex. One more time, Justine. What do we talk about? Nerdy stuff. Nah, wasn't no. the same. You tried. Hi, I'm Ellen, and I'm scared we exist in the Matrix. I'm Jaslyn, and I'm bad at ad-libbing. <laughs> and you're listening to High, High Expectations. Expectations, the promo. For our international listeners, you can appreciate our cute New Zealand accents. For our local listeners, you might bump into us in the street three times in the same hour. Our podcast is about pop culture, sexuality, relationships, interesting hobbies, banter, and ragging on each other. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, or anywhere you might like to find podcasts. Yay! Please subscribe. Goodbye! Goodbye!